Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. This is Hide and Seek and these are the Sextras. Bonus sexy content. Good gravy! Exclusive to podcast. And we're back with the Sextras here on Hide and Seek on Joy 94.9. We haven't done one of these in a while. I know. I've really missed it. It's so good to have sextra content. And there are so many people here to be sextra about, too. Indeed. (laughs) Uh, So, for those of you who may not have caught the live broadcast, why wouldn't you go back and revisit the the live broadcast with all of our uh, very sexy content creators? Tim, run us through who we've got still remaining in the studio with us today. Everybody. We've got Teddy Wilder. Hello. Hello, everybody. Down under Bry. Hello again. We've got Lucas Wolf. Aloha. Spencer Colt. Hello. And Meaty Henry. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so we did run out of time during the live broadcast. We got uh, various many questions in from our wonderful community who jumped onto our Instagram page and sent us a uh, an anonymous message. So many. So, so many. Um, so we thought we'd hang around after the broadcast finished and just unpack a few more of those questions and maybe see if any of the creators have some questions for each other. Oh. Um, one that I wanted to tail into that I believe we touched on very briefly with Bri when we had you in the studio a couple of weeks ago was... When maybe for when someone's first getting started out on any of the platforms, I guess, what are the kind of financial considerations or uh, technical considerations someone needs to think about when they're signing up for a platform? Say, um, you know, some websites have difficulty uh, with like e-commerce because they're working in a sex workspace or considering what kind of percentage a platform might take of your earnings and factoring in that into how much you charge. Um, and all of those sorts of things. Who who loves talking about finances? Money. Well, no, money. I, I, I mean, uh, I have a I have a very different opinion uh, in this way. Mm-hmm. The way I see it is, all I'm trying to do is get someone to make an impulse purchase based on them being horny. Right. So, <laughs> you know, you can overcomplicate it as much as you like with you know editing blah, 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 have to post this much per day, blah, 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 blah. It's really, at the, you know, the fundamental, there's nothing to do, it has nothing to do with that. You have to ask yourself, does this make me horny? And if it does, it'll probably make others horny. Very fair. Anyone else have any contributions on, you know, what are some tech admin things you wish you'd known I, before you started? So what I look at every month is I don't look at the total number of fans who are following me as the exclusive metric i look at the people who are renewing Uh Um, because at the end of the day those are your loyal fans um you don't want to have to keep refilling that funnel every month so you need to be going in dividing your followers by your total fans and monitoring that percentage month over month over month they're your real fans other people are like henry mentioned they're coming in they're giving you some money they're super horny they may stay they may peace out after a month um, but you have people in there, if you go mine your data, who have been there from day one, send them special messages. 
send them some extra love to show um, that they've been with you from the beginning. They deserve it. They're taking money out of their wallet and putting it into yours. Do you make cute little um, videos just for them or photos just for them? Yeah, you can do little um, or do like behind the scenes. That's always like a fun thing to do, right? Like, so you've got the, the perfectly produced video that you're really happy of. Send them an extra two or three minutes of stuff that didn't make the edit. That's nice. Ah, uh, very nice. Anyone else? I can say that out of the two big platforms, um, I consider them Coke versus Pepsi in a way. Um, they are kind of the same, but there is better things in certain things. Uh, be aware that both of them do take the same amount of commission, uh, which is... 20% from memory. So take that to, into account when you are uh, putting on your prices uh, and be aware that it's also in US dollars as well. Woo. Which is really favorable right yeah. now. Yeah. So get into it now it's if you're so in Australia. <laughs> Between the two platforms, there is certain uh, advantages to, uh, to one over the other. One of them I prefer, you have a whole media vault that's a lot easier to maintain, in my opinion as well as the verification process to get people uh, that don't actually that aren't actually verified on that particular platform i find one a lot easier than the other to do and that's the reason why most of my stuff is on one certain platform and not the other and also the reason why one is more expensive than the other because most of my content is on one of the platforms. <laughs> okay, Mr. Vague. So, it's, very, it's very vague without naming them, isn't it? Was it on Coke or Pepsi? Yeah, it was pe <laughs> technically it was Pepsi, if you think about it. Okay. One of the letters of the alphabet. <laughs> one of them. One of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, how have you all found making content within your home city? Has there been reactions at home or reactions from your friends, people you know? Okay, so I'll take this one. Um, straight up, I thought it was going to be a little bit like a Taylor Swift anti-hero, like that kind of feeling. I'm not even going to lie. That's how I imagined it. You thought you were a sexy baby? No, um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, no, I thought that there was going to be this isolation, you know, this kind of sex negative vibe going towards it, being from a smaller city, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And it's actually been the opposite. I've been quite pleasantly surprised. Um, shockingly, most people I know who know me personally have been, this is great, you're representing sex positivity where there has been none in the past, and thank you. And... The other positive that has come from it is I've had people who look like me, who usually wouldn't go out, who usually you wouldn't see out, who are oh. gay men, who have said to me, thank you. Thank you for representing us when we're not overly represented in our community. Wow. So that's nice. Okay, that's really awesome. Anyone else? I, I um, have you found... I think it's been great. Melbourne is extremely sex positive, in my opinion. It feels very, like the San Francisco very. of Australia. Um I, in terms of making content here, um, I do that to some degree, but I travel a lot to make my content these days. I'll go into a city, um, often the US, just because there's so many creators there. It's a business trip end to end, it's a tax write-off, and I film every single day and then get back out. I think when you're in your home city, you're more just like inclined to want to just relax and right, stuff. Right, and that has come and that has <laughs> so much. So that's why I'm usually in Brisbane or in Melbourne or in Sydney, and that, that is the pure reason that I don't do as much content at home as I used to. Yeah. yeah. So, what's the most amount of loads that you've taken in one day? <laughs> this, this one's from one of our fans, so sorry, but... Great segue. 
Um, so again, this idea of your fans um, and, and paying attention, your fans will tell you what they want to see, right? They'll comment, this was so hot, more of this, more of that. Have you ever considered doing this? My fans, unsurprisingly, um, want to see people come on my beard. They're like obsessed with that. And I think it's amazing. So um, I wanted to uh, to celebrate my birthday and as a huge like um, I love you to my fans and a thank you for their support. I filmed Teddy's bearded birthday bukkake, <laughs> which was so fun. You talk about organizing a group that was actually not too bad to organize, but it was in a different city. It was in Seattle. Um, so I think that was like five loads on the beard. And some of my most vocal fans who love that feature sent me some very, very appreciative messages afterwards. <laughs> can I ask where any of them fake loads like come in all a can? real. I learned about coming a can tonight. Those oh, are all real. There you go. <laughs> Okay, I can't believe it's not come. Um, so, if it's not too personal, what is the longest and thickest dick you've taken and or that you would bottom for? The, the non-creators can also comment on this, <laughs> I think. Rocco Steele. Um. Yeah, but I guess to, to more broaden the question for those that kind of bottom as their creatorship, how do you prepare for a big, you know, appendage? Mm. I think everyone has their own process. Um, fiber is probably involved in any scenario. Um, knowing your body is involved. Um, the biggest one I took was in LA. Uh, Rough Ginger is his online name. It's a legit 10 incher, which was kind of shocking. Um, but I think it was important that he was really cool and gentle, and we made an amazing um, film together, and he didn't like damage me in the process. So I think make sure if you're going to go um, for Mount Everest of penises that mm -hmm. you're working with somebody or just having sex for fun with someone who's gonna, you know, take their time. Yeah, and that's a really good point because there's nothing worse than someone who is larger than your average bear uh, taking a bit of a liberty, going a bit too quickly and all of a sudden, nope, I've got to stop because I'm injured now. Okay, so... Even with society becoming more sex positive and progressive, do you worry about uh, content creation affecting your future opportunities in any way or your future employment or relationships? It depends on like what the policy of your future employment is like on that kind of stuff. Um, as long as like at my current place, as long as as long as like there's no no reference to any of like the corporation and any of your social medias you don't reference what you do where you are and all that kind of stuff they like legally they don't have a pot to piss in to like you know fire you illegally kind of thing you can go to fair work and win in that regard so and when choosing who you collaborate with is this done primarily to appeal to your potential audience or for your own attraction and chemistry? For me, it's chemistry. Like, unfortunately, I'm not going to get hard unless there's Trimax involved. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, if you want something organic and organic scene, like, first and foremost, there has to be chemistry there. I have to be attracted to you physically, mentally, all that kind of stuff. If that's not there, it's just, like, two bodies banging against each other for, like, a good ten minutes. Like, <laughs> and, and I would 100% agree with that. It's a little bit of both. There definitely has to be chemistry. That's 100% correct. But it also has to be on brand, if you know what I mean. So, And speaking of chemistry, let's talk about the chemistry with your fans. So 
do any of you have some standout fans or supporters? Yeah, I think um, my one of my favorite fans because she's very um, tuned in. She checks in. She she will definitely listen to both the radio station and this podcast afterwards. She's based over in Washington State in the U.S. But she's female. You heard me say she. Um, mm-hmm. So I think one of the things that you need to keep in mind is there's a lot of women who want to watch gay porn. Um, so I right. love that. She's my, she's engaged. Um, she's Luke Dean, who is a, a collaborator friend of mine. She also follows uh, him. Yes, we name. were having we were having um, breakfast together after filming in Brisbane, uh, and we made a little video for her, like a surprise thing and sent Aww. it off. So it's just a way to show some fan love, right? Like it, again, they're giving you money out of their wallet. <laughs> And so that's actually one thing that we haven't actually covered before is that a lot of the consumers of gay adult content are women. And in fact, I remember years ago, back when I was still living in Sydney, I was working at an adult shop in Newtown and 90% of the women who came in would purchase gay porn. And that would be about half of our gay porn sales. So it was just absolutely bug nuts. Um, so, and I've lost my spot. (laughs) (laughs) That is perfectly okay. Um, I wanted to harken back to kind of one of the start, the starter conversations that we had was, you know, getting into this industry. Was there anything for each of you that really was the kind of turning point that you kind of said, actually, I'm going to give that a go. Like, did you see a specific performer or someone nudged you and said, oh, what you're working with down there looks pretty good. Maybe you should think about filming it. Or what was the kind of light bulb moment that made you jump jump in feet first, uh, I guess? Yep. Uh, so Brett Marshalls, Carl Hardwick, old school cult studios. And yeah, I, you know, always looked up to those kind of, uh, you know, Avenger Bear kind of superhero kind of looking gays. And I thought to myself, my God, when I grow up, I want to be one of them. I'm not going to lie straight up. And uh, yeah, so I did it. And is that where the name comes from? Absolutely. Um, look, I'm going to acknowledge my privilege here a little bit. So I was in um, the U.S. and London last year when my partner and I decided, let's, you know, let's make this a thing. Let's see if you can turn this into a career. Um, so I was very fortunate to be able to do some travel early on, lock in some important collabs, um, and really kind of kickstart this persona um, so for me, yeah, you know, but I have to acknowledge the fact that not everyone can travel around the world and go meet with, you know, big names and all that to pull it off. But promise you can find amazing collabs in your city. Um, there are resources for that. Um, GPR rank. There was a guy who will do it as a follow up, maybe in the, the comments or something like that. A guy created um, uh, extract of all the performers around the world. They're following and you can go and filter down by city. Uh, to find out who's there, how big they are, uh, and then you can go follow their Twitter. So people are out there trying to make it easier for us. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know there's um, in the non-sex space, you can do a similar kind of thing when you're looking for, you know, non-sex related like um, TikTok influencers and things. If you need someone to like promote your brand, you can do all those sorts of things like filtering by follow account and the kind of demographic that they service and stuff, which I think is really interesting. The way that technology, to go back to our sex tech episode, the way that technology is supporting um Content creation, I think, is really fabulous. And this one was a very common question. Um, What did your first few months as a content creator look like? You know, we all have the fantasy of making coin, but was this the reality for you? 
<laughs> sure. So I've heard that before. This one is, <laughs> so this is uncomfortable. So like I said, originally, like I did it with a straight inverted commas content creator. So everything was implied. Nothing was originally um, actually very sexy. And the chemistry came naturally when I started doing actual gay content. Um, like, you know, like we've already talked about, it has to be organic and, you know, there has to be an actual attraction or stuff. But this is actually quite funny. So everything was implied from my, you know, face... Um, rimming his ass it was just like you know a couple of centimeters away held from behind from the dildo actually going into his ass it wasn't actually going into his ass it was going between his cheeks on the massage table that kind of thing i oh, already asked wow. for permission for this so yeah there you go mm-hmm. um so that's pretty unsexy but it you know it got a high rating and that kind of stuff and um yeah from there on in i felt a little bit unsure but i just wanted it to be you know more sexual more organic and you know Afterwards, I was like, I know what I want and I know what I don't want and I know how I want to create. So, yeah, a positive definitely came from it and experience came from it. So, you know, and it was good. I certainly didn't go into it with like a financial mindset in mind. Like I just did it to have a bit of fun, kill a bit of time during lockdown and yeah, see where it went. Once the money started coming in, that's when I was like, okay, I'll actually, you know, organize this a bit more, actually, you know, set it up like as an actual hobby, you know, you invest money into it, then, you know, the investment will hopefully like roll on and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, like that was not my mindset. If I, that was my mindset from the beginning, I could tell that I would probably spiral if I wasn't doing so well. Why aren't my numbers doing well? Why isn't this working? All that kind of stuff. It's really like a head game from beginning, to be honest. Um, look, my first couple of weeks, I don't know, I made a couple hundred bucks. I mean, and then it kind of grew from there. I've been really fortunate to grow a pretty big following pretty rapidly. Um, I think it's because I keep providing content that people want, they love, they want to come back for more. But yeah, it definitely took a while for it to climb. It wasn't overnight on the financial side. Most people will very vehemently say they will never pay for porn, period. But they do. And can you please release a beard product line already? (laughs) (laughs) Can you just do it? I mean, we know we're heading there already. I would buy it. Uh, All right. I'm taking notes. I feel like he's sowing the seeds already. (laughs) I feel like it's... Where's his phone so we can do like subliminal messaging? (laughs) (laughs) No, but truly, like it takes a while to scale. You're not going to overnight. I have a couple of um, friends who've recently gotten into the industry. They had probably some what I would call pent up demand. Um, They had pretty big like Instagram followings. They jumped on the platforms. Within two months, those fall off right? Because you have people who are like, oh, I've been waiting to see your dick or whatever. And then they've seen it and they move on. So you've got to think about ways, again, what's your brand? What's your long-term strategy if you want to turn this into consistent financial success? Look, that's all we have time for with tonight as our sex worker uh, uh, content creator panel. And it's been great to have you here for part one. I'm John. I'm Tim Little. I'm Michael. And you're with the Sexperts on Hide and Seek. Do you want more? Yes! 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 Catch all the Hide and Seek episodes on podcast at Joy. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.